Karen Grant wore cotton pajamas at night and had just gotten into them in a dressing room off the hallway in her bedroom suite a few minutes before midnight when she heard, or maybe felt, footsteps on the wooden floor coming down to the bedroom. The security people were the only others in the house and weren't welcome in her bedroom wing. Something had happened, or was happening. She took down the Japanese kimono that she used as a robe, pulled it over her shoulders, and headed toward the door, just as the doorbell burped discreetly. She pressed an intercom button. Yes? It's me, Doug. I need to talk with you. She popped the door and nodded down the hall. In the sitting room. Yes, he said, and led the way. The sitting room had three big fabric chairs arrayed around a circular table. The walls were in the form of a five-eighths dome, as though a big slice had been taken out of an orange, and kept their voices contained. What happened? she asked as she settled into a chair facing him. I talked with our source at the AG's office. The police unraveled how Tubbs set up the computer and they've tied his disappearance into the porn— I've got a lot of details if you want to hear them, but the main thing is the police will probably want to interview you since you had the most to gain from the porn attack. You'll need to figure out a response. The guy coming to interview you will probably be this Davenport who I told you about. Give me the details, she said. All of them. I'll forget them later. Dannon spent twenty minutes on the briefing reviewing what had happened that day at the Attorney General's office and the results so far of investigations by Davenport and a St. Paul homicide cop named Morris. We've had one piece of great good luck. When they found Tubbs's hideout spot, there was no mention of the porn or any dirty tricks other than the porn file itself. They did find some cash, and it may have been from us, but we were careful there and it's untraceable. When he was done, Taryn asked, The fact that you talked to this guy at the AG's office, could that come back to us? No, I don't think so. Not in a way that could hurt us, Dannon said. I left the impression that we were desperate to work out the political implications of what was going on, this close to the election— Of course, when he took the money, he was technically committing a crime, so he won't be inclined to talk. Unless he suddenly starts feeling guilty, Taryn said. Not a problem with this guy, Dannon said. He believes he's on the side of Jesus, helping us beat Smalls. He knows taking the money was a crime of some kind, but he doesn't think he's really done anything wrong. He sees the money more as compensation for his time a consultation fee. Amazing how that works, Taryn said. Yeah. Anyway, it all brings up the question about Tubbs's girl, Dannon said. Davenport is going through the whole campaign committee office, grilling everybody, looking for his accomplice. I don't think she knows anything about us. Do you know who she is? What her name is? Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you. Dannon said. I don't want her name in your head if you're asked about her. She looked at him for a moment, thinking about that, then nodded and said, Okay, I see that. But how could she know about us? Tubbs didn't know for sure. 
Not until he got here. Tubbs knew he just didn't have any proof, Dannon said. He didn't know my name or anything about me. We made the assumption, incorrect in retrospect, that if the payoff was big enough, he'd keep his head down, that he wouldn't even want to know where the money came from. But once he started looking, it was just a matter of time before he found us. Taran stood and wandered around the sitting area, working it out. The problem is, if he mentioned anything to this woman, even his suspicions, those would sort of harden up if she talked with the police. You know what I mean?